It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I think it was a disgraceful performance, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast. We're covering two IPL matches today. The one between Punjab Kings and Mumbai Indians. And the match from yesterday, the Rajasthan Royals taking on Royal Challengers Bangalore. Uh, there are too many kings and royal this and royal that in this tournament. Uh, just just that intro alone, three of them. Ridiculous. I'm Jack Hope. I'm here with Ross Legg, as usual. Ross, how are you doing? I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. And uh, a very scary looking Dan Weston. <laughs> how are you doing, Dan? I am buoyant with my boys RCB at the top of the table. And this face mask is now going on my head. And it will remain there. It will remain there until my boys at RCB are usurped from the perch at the top of the table. So I, well, I, reckon, I reckon your wife's going to get a little bit annoyed at that. But there we go. Uh, yeah. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> right fellas. Um before we get into the show, Ross, as usual, I'm going to ask you to give some messages to our listeners and viewers. Mm-hmm. We are now sponsored by Woodstock Cricket. So if you want cricket and gear, go to the website. Jack's got his cricket bat behind him that he's not going to demonstrate because it's uh, clearly is a tin pot organisation. Um, <laughs> us, not, us, not uh, Woodstock. Um, <laughs> you should follow us at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you should like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on any podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, thank you ever so much for listening. We love having you. Put your comments in the uh, live chat and we will get to your super chats and whatever else um, throughout the show. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, if you want to show a little bit more support for the podcast, you can join our YouTube channel uh, for as little as £1 a month um, with, with a couple of higher tiers if you really like it. Or head over to Patreon where we get a slightly better deal. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's that's where that's where you should you should go. Um, Ross, on the topic of Woodstock, you used your new bat for the first time yesterday. Uh, what I happened? did. Um, I, uh, I, I haven't really knocked it in too well. Um, and that could be the sign of a bad story. But actually, the first two balls of the first two scoring shots, and Daniel like this, I hit 12 runs. 
fantastic. Intent. So, that is intent. I think I think I, I think I hit about a twenty ball fifty yesterday. So uh, I'm I'm pretty buoyant right now. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. And you're off on holiday. Where are you where are you off on holiday? I'm going to St Ives, and unfortunately, it doesn't have a famous cricket ground in St Ives oh. that um, that has got a tourist attraction like the likes of Rajasthan or kind of Delhi Capitals Toilet Museum. So um, we'll we'll see what I can find <laughs> down there, and I'll report back. Um, right then, boys, let's talk about the cricket. Let's talk about the cricket. Let's talk about today's cricket first. Uh, so Punjab, they took on Mumbai. Uh, and it didn't quite go to the pre-tournament script, did it, Ross? No, I think um, it, was, it was a really interesting game. So this was Mumbai's last game at the Chipok, and I think they cannot wait to get away from there. Um, they were stuck in after losing the toss, and they crawled on the floor through the power play. <laughs> And never truly recovered. Um, Rohit carried the batting side. Sky contributed somewhat. Um, but their heavy artillery from last year's IPL more resembled kind of meek water pistols. Um, and they only posted 131. Um, because the return of Ravi Bishnoi proved to be a smart one. Um, we'd only been talking about him for the whole whole, whole of our uh, IPL coverage. And finally he was there uh, making things happen. Um, the Kings were then ruthlessly boring with their batting performance as Kale Rahul, King Stappadder that he is, carried his bat, um, accompanied well by Agarwal and then Chris Gale, who um, showed all their experience to win by nine wickets in what was probably one of the most comfortable victories over Mumbai Indians you'll ever see. Yeah, uh, I've seen a, a great comment already from Rickon. Could Mumbai Indians and Punjab or Punjab have made that game any more boring? Uh, Dan, I'm going to go with you. Uh, to, to kick it off. Um, there must have been some interesting things that happened in this match. No, it was at Chipok. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing interesting happens at Chipok apart from match losing innings and there was plenty of them on the, the Mumbai team today. I still, uh, uh, I don't know whether those innings from Rohit and Suri Kamiyadov were match losing innings in terms of like, putting pressure on other players, but I think we can say that six off 17 balls from Ishan Kishan probably wasn't his finest moment. I think it was crowned by, I think it was his second or third ball, Hardik Pandya meekly offered a, a little jab outside off stump with about 10 balls remaining of the match and it was like is there, do they actually realise that they have to put a total on the board? They're just completely mystified by the uh, Chen, uh, Chennai pitch, I don't know, but uh, yeah it wasn't great. It is really weird, isn't it Ross, that this the way they batted today, because um, we've seen them, you know, in, in their first four matches of the tournament uh, they've had, they've not been like all singing, all dancing, uh, Mumbai Indians from last year, but they've had like spells where they look really dominant and they've had players that have come through with, uh, big moments with the bat and big moments with the ball. Um, but today it looked like they just, you know, had no answers and they were like, oh, we were going through the motions. We were like, what do we have to do? Play one more game here. Then we can head off somewhere where we can, we can play our game. Um, did they, have they given up a little bit in terms of playing, playing in Chennai? So I, I think it, it does get to the point where the, the bowlers can only win you so many games in, in this kind of thing. So I think they've played, well, the five games now, and actually their bowlers had got them out of trouble. They haven't really dominated with the bat as we, we've known the Mumbai Indians to do so. And it's quite interesting to see how we, we, we tried to figure out whether the likes of Ishan Kishan, Sky, Quinton de Kock as well, who has struggled, could actually adapt to this pitch. And it kind of shows that, the pitches in T20, in any cricket, make such a massive difference. 
Um, what I do find interesting is that they have kind of a reticence to change their batting lineup and kind of to change or, or even to change their batters who are actually selected. So we saw Pollard kind of moved up and down, Pandya moved up and down. But actually, Chris Lynn hit nearly a fifth, I think it was 49 in the first game, did run out Rohit Sharma, but actually looked, it, it might have looked scratchy, but actually he found a way to hit runs at Chennai. And I'm actually a little bit surprised they didn't give him another opportunity over the next four games to actually do something when Quinton de Kock has actually looked all at sea. And regardless of how big a name you are, sometimes it's about trying to get you that extra 20, that extra 30 runs in there. And it's just a little bit surprising for me for such a well-run franchise. Yeah, maybe. That could be a fair point. I mean, I think probably one of the other problems is that Ishan Kishan is is bad now. Um, he, for the tournament, is averaging 14 uh, at strike rate of 80. Um, Dan, obviously I'm being a little bit facetious when I say he's bad, uh, but this is quite a severe poor run uh, at, at this point, isn't it? Or or maybe on the other hand, maybe, maybe this is just sort of par for the course of the kind of player he is. Do you want to enlighten us on that? I don't think it's par for the course of the player that he is because he's always been like quite an intent machine. He's he's been aggressive from the start, and you know intent machines don't score six off seventeen balls. We saw at the lower level that he's inside Mustakali Trophy when he was younger. His numbers were superb. Um, he's one of the few players, him, Pant Padical, who all struck I think over five hundred runs in a season at one fifty plus strike rate by the age of 22, that's a rare achievement. We, we, we'll talk a bit later about Devdit Padakal, I'm sure, in some detail. But no, he's he's always been a good player. He's he's young young players do have some peaks and troughs for sure, but there's no reason as to why why he's currently doing this. And the only thing I can think of is he spent too much time with a few players in the Indian national team set up recently, having just been got his first call up. I mean, that is possible. I think we've, we've seen it with a couple of other players. People always say uh, K.L. Rahul was a more aggressive player until he started playing for India. And to some extent, we might have seen it with Rishabh Pant after his first stint with the India side, uh, where it, it didn't quite click for him. And I think, um, you know, some of the senior leadership in that India team maybe wanted him to be a little bit more consistent. But it is hard to be consistent if, to use your phrase, Dan, if you are an intent machine, because... Intent machines are taking a lot of risk. That's what intent is in in a, in a sense, isn't it? It's 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 calculated risk. Um, I think that's enough on Mumbai's batting. I I I expect they'll bounce back when they get to a, to a slightly more favourable surface. Um, they're obviously not out of the tournament. What two wins from five? Uh, I think they can win six of their last nine matches. Don't you two boys? Yeah, and I think on that Ishan Kishan point, I think you'll see just the, the change that you saw last year. They were so dominant at the Wankhede Stadium, and actually going to Delhi, like De- Delhi is a little bit more kind of pace. Kind of the pace comes onto the ball a little bit better than Chennai. I think anywhere does really. I think I think there's a house near me that's been demolished, and actually it will play. The ball would come on nicer through the brickwork <laughs> at the bottom than anything else. Um, but well, I, th- I think we'll see them bounce back, and I see that the, the likes of um, Pandya, like Hardik Pandya, like form is temporary, class is permanent, and I can soon see them kind of bouncing back into this uh, tournament. Um, what I was impressed with today, though, was kind of Punjab Kings. They, they've been they were they've been so weird in this tournament, and almost uh, they've just they've gone from like, disgracing themselves to then looking like they actually had a bit of a plan of how to play at Chennai. I mean, did you see Moises Henriquez opening the batting? And I mean, it follows Delhi Capital suit of opening picking another. Yeah, opening the bowling. Sorry, um, <laughs> I've made the same mistake as you. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, opening, 
I bet uh, he opened the bowl just like Marcus Stoinis did, and it, it worked for Marcus Stoinis. And they were just like, "Well, we've got a budget, Marcus Stoinis. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll work for us." And and it did today. Uh, yeah, it did. Um, I still think that was a bit curious, and I think Mumbai possibly missed the trick, uh, not taking him on a little bit more. And they were talking on. They are. They obviously had someone who was pretty quick on the analysis uh, at you know, Star Sports or whoever does the, the broadcasting, because they did highlight that Rohit struggles for some reason uh, against Bob, the deliveries bowled around 120 kph, uh, which is about the speed that Moises Henriquez was bowling. Now, I think there's probably a bit of a caveat to that, because a lot of the balls that you face that are 120 kph will be slower balls. They're not just going to be a stock delivery uh, from whoever it is. So it, it might, Rohit might just have an issue with, with timing change-ups, basically. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, Dan, do you think that that decision to open the bowling with Henriquez was possibly data-driven? Or, uh, or, or, I mean, or I guess what I'm asking is, can you explain Punjab King's bowling selection? Um, well, I can't, but maybe they got it right on this occasion. I think that they definitely went in with a bowler too short in the was it the last match that they, they, they played with just like three front line bowlers and mm. then they had well this is pretty much the same as today with Alan Hooder and Henriquez who are not regular four over bowlers whatsoever but they went with Bishnoi today over Ashwin which is well I mean like obviously we've been crying out for that for the entire tournament so far I mean I, I don't understand how anyone could think that M Ashwin is a better better bowler than Bishnoi, basically, and certainly Bishnoi's got an absolute ton more potential. Data-driven, well, uh, perhaps, yeah. Um, some teams are getting smarter than others, but I wouldn't necessarily have put Kings Eleven in that bracket in advance of this match. But then Huda was a good pick for a matchup as well against uh, Decock because he struggles a bit against the uh, against spin as well, and he's uh, yeah, sort of off spin against the left-hander as well. So there was probably a bit of logic there as well. So you can kind of understand it. Um, I think. Um, Kishin, another left-hander as well, so it's, it was quite good to burn some hood or overs to start with at least. Cool. Um, let's flip it over to the Punjab Kings chase then. Um, I mean, obviously they won this by nine wickets uh, so it was pretty easy. Um, it kind of suited KL Rahul today, didn't it, Ross? Um, in, the, in that you could just bat on, on and, and, and there was no pressure really to score particularly quickly. Yeah, I think one thirty was never going to be enough. Even even like even like a KKR kind of a collapse that we saw the other day, that wasn't going to happen in this situation. I think the the experience that they have at the top of the order is is useful in this scenario, and this is a perfect opportunity for KL Rahul, as you say. Like he hit fifty off a of fifty ball today. In any other T Twenty game, like if you're chasing one sixty, if you're setting a total, that has probably lost you the game. But actually, in this scenario, actually, they they had the freedom to do that. And when you have someone like Chris Gale, I mean, even Agarwal at the other end, a more explosive batsman than he is. And I thought they played it perfectly today. On the commentary, they were really trying to get you to buy into this is going to be such a close game. The narrative's going to twist. I genuinely thought it was a walk in the park for Punjab Kings. And I genuinely I thought it was a really clinical performance from them that as, as we've kind of been waiting for, actually. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. At no point did I think that there was a realistic chance of, of Mumbai winning, or at least after sort of the power play, because they, they got off to a pretty decent start. Uh, and from there, 
it, yeah, it was it was a foregone conclusion. They just sort of you know, took their time, went about it reasonably sensibly. Um, we did have a question from Twitter, and I, I think this leads on to maybe a more interesting conversation. Um, this was from Prax. He asked, how can Bumrah and Chahar be so good at bowling, uh, but so bad at fielding? Um, I, I always wonder... Uh, and we, I think we might have talked about this before, Dad, how much fielding really matters. I mean, I, I'm presuming here that the fielding ability of Jasprit Bumrah and Rahul Chahar is virtually irrelevant compared to their bowling ability. And like they could they could literally be two breeze blocks just stood on the boundary, but they'd be valuable to the team uh, because their their bowling talent is so high. Is that is that right? Yeah. Completely spot on, in my opinion. So we, we, there's been a few people who have tried to quantify the effect of fielding good and bad fielders. And I think there was only a couple of players who were, on average, plus one per fielding innings than compared to the entire player pool. So if the best fielders are between one and two runs saved per innings, then it's pretty safe to assume that the worst fielders are pretty similar in a negative way. So if, if you're only costing your team one or two runs per per innings when you're fielding and you're Jasper Brumrah, then it doesn't matter because you're saving them about 10 runs and innings with the ball. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like you say, it could be breeze blocks and it wouldn't really change anything. And I think that that's, that's something that they found in baseball as well was that fielding was overrated compared to, to other outputs. And um, it kind of goes a bit against the uh, what I call conventional wisdom from coaches in that like they really hate fielders who who are bad basically, and they think they <laughs> overvalue the uh, effect of a bad fielder when actually it's pretty negligible. Yeah, um, I, I suspect uh, similar to baseball actually that there are positions where being good at fielding is extremely useful. Uh, so first slip in a yeah. test match, for instance, might be uh, an example. Um, I know in baseball, if you're the catcher, so the effectively baseball surgeon or wicketkeeper, being good at that is worth a lot to a baseball team. Um, but yeah, if you're fielding at first base, like probably one and three of us could do it after a couple of months training. Uh, let's. <laughs> there's a couple more selection-based questions uh, on this match, and then we'll move on. I think so. Ross, uh, one for you. Should Mumbai Indians consider dropping Ishan Krunal or Quinton de Kock? That's from uh, Gaurav on Twitter. Well, um, Vic London's put in one of the super chats saying that the Mumbai Indians team looks kind of past their glory with several batting issues. So to answer both of these things, I think when you've got a championship side, almost any side, you need to kind of keep it fresh. Like you talk about Alex Ferguson, regardless if you like Man United or not, tried to keep it fresh in competition for places, etc. And actually having the likes of Chris Lynn around that side, um, I mean, they bought Jimmy Nisham in, which is a bit of a waste of money. They should have bought someone probably in a little bit better to offer a bit more competition. But competition for places is really healthy in, in an elite sports side because it keeps people's levels of performance up. And I just think that they should try to mix things up i'm really surprised they didn't they didn't even attempt to adapt their strategy for chennai when clearly it wasn't going to work every single game um, and i think they probably got it could have got well they were lucky to a certain extent that the games were quite close anyway so um yeah i, th- I think uh, some rotation would have been welcome here but we'll see what happens in the next game in delhi uh, and then one for you dan um which comes in from vinay uh, and basically, it's about Jai Richardson. Why why are they paying him so much to sit on the bench? Um, does it make sense in Chennai, maybe? Or, 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 or what's happening there? 
Uh, that's a good question. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure. So I'm not privy to, to their selection decisions. And obviously we can kind of ask the same question about Riley Meredith as well uh, with, with Kings, Job Kings. I keep calling the Kings 11, but obviously, yeah, Job <laughs> Kings. Um, we've all done that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like it because it, to me, it kind of makes me think that they're just playing 50 was it was it you another podcast said 52 card pickup with their team basically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that and and it's like they're losing matches that keep changing the team sunrise is hydrobad doing exactly the same thing and it just makes me think that they just don't really have a clue what their best team is and, and they're just kind of just making random changes and mix having completely different co- combos and team structures in order to like somehow find this magic blend when it's which is probably largely going to be variance driven rather than uh, process driven anyway so no I, I don't understand why Joe Richardson's not playing um i think it's fair to say that the the big bash is a considerable quality gap to the IPL, but I still think that he should be good enough to 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 uh, play in the IPL as an overseas player. And I think that they've dropped him pretty pretty harshly and uh yeah. I don't I don't like the Kings eleven punch up Kings bowling choices at all. And I think I'm not even that convinced about Mohammed Shami, to be honest with you. If you look at his death numbers and power play numbers over recent years, it's not they're not great. And and one day, just one day, maybe they might play Ishan Perel at some stage too. <laughs> we'll see. Um, it's interesting you talk about the the the, the big bash there because we have heard from X or uh, no from a current crypto, a very good English opener who's not at the IPL, um, who basically says the standard of the big bash when you're playing there is unbelievably poor. Um, yeah, and, and the the grounds are huge, the wickets are often bad, and the bowlers can make a career um, out for, with, with a few performances there, but it just doesn't translate elsewhere. Um, in his view, you're better off at looking at the blast for, for quality players. Um, so he thinks it's, <laughs> it's a harder, it's a harder environment to bowl in. I'm not a hundred percent sure that the, the uh, data analysis would, would necessarily bear that out, but I think there's, there's probably something it does bear that out. Okay. Well, there we are. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. Don't trust random Australia death bowlers um, if you're on an IPL franchise. And let's, shall we move on to the second game? So we talked about that one. I think, you know, we got a lot of content out of a pretty dross match, to be honest. <laughs> well done, lads. Pat ourselves on the back. Um, I am going to give a quick summary of this and I can take this T-shirt off because Mumbai, we've done the Mumbai bit. Uh, uh, well, I've got to do something, haven't I? Ross, we've got, Dan's got a bandana on his head and numbers. Ross, you've got the, the pink cap and uh, hating Virat Kohli and KL Rahul. What have I got? I could take my shirt off. That's, well, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, that's... I, mean, I mean, the free the knit movement has got your name written all over it, mate. So uh, bring it on. Right. Uh, so yesterday, Rajasthan Royals took on Devdut Padakal and Devdut Padakal uh, won easily. Um or to look at it another way, the best team in the 2021 IPL took on the worst team in the 2021 IPL. And the result we sort of expected came to pass. Um, even though the the best team in this case uh, was RCB. It, like that, the RCB factor couldn't get in the way of the inevitability of this uh, match. Uh, to sum it up then, Rajasthan, they batted first. And I use the word batted reasonably loosely as their big, big guns at the top of the order. All failed to fire, or mostly failed to fire, leaving them 43 for four at one point. However, things took a little bit of an unexpected turn, uh, certainly as far as this podcast is concerned, 
as Shivan Dubé, of all people, uh, led the recovery uh, before Tuatia came in to party like it was IPL 2020 and smashed the Royals up to 177. Uh, obviously, at the Wankaday Stadium, it wasn't amazing. Uh, that score, it, it was very chaseable, and that sort of proved to be the case. But at least they scored enough runs that we got to see one of the most special innings uh, of the of the tournament so far. Probably up there with Sanju Sampson, uh, I, I think. Uh, except that in this case, it was a in a winning cause. I am, of course, talking about the Debda Padakal show. Uh, 101 of 51 balls. Um, pretty good. Uh, Rajasthan, of course, they... Um, they finished themselves off in style by bowling five wides uh, to lose by 10 wickets with 21 balls to spare. Um, that was a pounding, Ross, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really difficult even to try. <laughs> like, I mean, it was the uh, it was the Western leg derby, as it was, uh, it, was it was coined on Twitter. And um, <laughs> I, I said I said I'm going to have to put an impassioned defence up over trying to protect um, a ten wicket win. And I mean, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. That is a sight. You should, we should have auctioned this off, Jack. This is this is free free uh, free nudity on the show. Um, and I think uh, from a Rajasthan Royals point of view, it's it's just disheartening, isn't it? They've already lost some of their best players. And regardless if you think Ben Stokes is better or worse, Jack, I still think it's a huge impact on them. Uh, Liam Livingston obviously went home um, this week as well. And they're just looking like a side who... Just they're going into every game not knowing they're beaten, and I think it was great that they've got someone like Chris Morris and a twatty have played well to get them up to... Kind of at least a respectable score. I mean, it, you know, it's at least twenty below, probably thirty below par. Um, Dad, I think it's quite interesting to see the different approaches that, that were that were put in there. I mean, the, the top order collapse for Rajasthan is, is is that because there's just so much pressure on Josh Butler to carry the rest of that side. I mean, even Sampson's approach is Sampson's going to Sampson, right? He's going to do what he does. Well, what are your thoughts on that? And how, how do we think they can kind of shift to a, maybe it'll be a little bit more competitive in this space? Um, wait for the mega auction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we've said this again before. What What is the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It, it honestly... It just blows my mind how these teams can get away with making so many mistakes. Well, they don't get away with it in terms of results, but they get away with it in terms of like not being relegated or anything like that. Honestly, it's it's incredible. I mean, you, we spoke about Manan Vora recently. I mean, what what's he done to justify an opening role in his career in the IPL right now? I'm not sure he's even done enough to justify an opening role inside Mushtaq Ali trophies, let alone the IPL. Um, Miller is a below average overseas player. Um, I'm not sure that the uh, the new recruit Rassi van der Dusen. I mean, if 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 I got a free pick on any overseas batter, it would not be Rassi van der Dusen. I'm not he's a bad player, but there's far better players, in my opinion, who could have done a better job than 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 that. So, so, and, so, and... so, so on that on that point, Dan, do you actually think yeah. that there is that pull? So I generally think there's only a couple of people who are actually willing to go into the bubble. Now, because of the situation no, in India, which which yeah. doesn't which doesn't which doesn't get talked about at all on the commentary, it doesn't get covered at all by <laughs> kind of some of the things that you read. So it's a pretty serious case, and people kind of go, "Oh, Alex Hale should turn up." Even in the live chat here, I think Path is suggesting that Adil Rashid gets drafted in for Archer. There's just people; they're not willing to go into that environment now. 
Yeah, maybe that's pretty fair. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a fair challenge, I think. But I mean, I'm I'm sure that there's some players who definitely would be willing to go, and you know, play, someone someone like Ramana Lukabars, who I've spoken about so many times before, is this kid's got ultra high potential. He's just a complete six hitting boundary hitting machine. He keeps wicket and he opens a batting. Could you look just see he's got a perfect slot alongside Butler at the top of the order? But I'm sure I'm, I'm sure he'd have been willing to travel. But but yeah, it's, I just don't think the IPL teams like think outside the box very often with their recruitment. I think they think they think well, oh well, he's played international cricket recently. He's done okay recently. Oh, let's go for him. And uh, it's just lazy, I think, most of the time. I mean, it, it, yeah, we, we talk about the COVID situation as well. And, and yes, that, that is problematic, of course. But it's not like they haven't done the same thing for the last 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, mm. it's, not, a new, it's not a new phenomenon that IPL teams make bad recruitment decisions. I do, I do think with Rajasthan, they, they were a little bit unlucky with the Archer situation. Um, and then, you know, I don't absolutely love Stokes, um, but him going home they obviously had an idea about how they were going to structure their team uh so they, they've lost who they thought was going to open the batting for all 14 matches they've lost who they thought would be their best bowler for all 14 matches um and that i mean that's 20 percent. that's the maybe the best 20 percent of their team uh or certainly the best 10 percent of their team's gone home or, or, or never turned up so i think they're they're they're, they're a little bit unlucky there um uh, let's talk about maybe one or two of the positives with Rajasthan, and well, then we'll talk about Padakal for a while. I've, I've, I've got one more thing yeah. that I need to raise. Why is Manan Vora playing at the top of the order for Rajasthan Royals? It, it makes no <laughs> it makes no sense to me. The guy we you, you mentioned it last time, Jack. That he's played over fifty times in the IPL. He is he has had every opportunity possibly could have done to prove that he isn't shit, and he's he's just shit. <laughs> there's, there's no other way to describe it. It's an opening batsman in the IPL. Yeah, no. Look, Dan, looks like you're about to say something. I can't say about like the definition of insanity. Right, last year Rajasthan Royals frequently lost three plus power play wickets. Their power play balls per dismissal figures were horrendous last year, and 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 they think that that problem that surely a pre a post tournament report would have identified. There, who on earth would have thought? Oh, I know how we can fix that. We'll pick Manandora. <laughs> 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 and and it's, it, it, even even the chats and our our solution. I mean, uh, uh, Pritham Sai raised it, saying that should Jaiswal be in the in the side, and actually the upside of him could actually be far greater than Vora. So g- give Absolutely. it a go. What, what, yeah. Understand what do you have to lose by playing playing a younger, potentially better person? Like makes no sense. Agreement. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. On the plus side, Shivam Dubey was good, uh, and that was the positive I was going to get to. Uh, and Swarasi was all right. Um, Ross. Uh, Shivan Dubey, did he do anything in this match which suggests to you that he might be better than we all thought? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> like, 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 you've, you've played with them, right? Like you, you've played in the same team as these people, where they will try to have, they'll, they'll try, they'll talk a big game, they'll look like they're going to be good, and then they might hit one score above thirty-five in a season, and they'll ride on that kind of potential for the rest of the season, and they'll just record really disappointing fifteens, and then they'll do a James Vince to slip, or they'll hit it to kind of square leg or whatever it might be. Um, I've, I've, unless he hits kind of what four fifties in a row or something, I'm going to continue to think that he doesn't deserve to be play, playing for Redstone Royals, let alone batting in their top six. 
Right, Ross, uh, one one thing. We're going to move on to Paddocow in a second, but I know we've got a load of super chats. Should we get through them quickly so that uh, we, we can we can move on and talk about DevDuck? I would love to. So uh, Moyak Bakchi has said, uh, if Mumbai aren't as good, Chennai are old, RCB are peaking too soon, Delhi are not quite, uh, are not quite there, then the question is, who is actually any good in this tournament? So, I mean, we criticise pretty much every single team because that's the, that's the fun of the podcast. But RCB are, are really good. Yeah, yeah they, look, they do look really good. There's not really anything you can you can get away from that. I I also I think five matches is never enough really to judge teams. I, I think Mumbai will probably be fine as soon as they get away from Chennai. Uh, I think I still think Punjab Kings are, are not out of this. Um, I I think they they've got like obviously some wacky backroom shit happens there. But they they have the capacity to put out a good eleven if they keep Bishnoi in the side, bring back Jai Richardson. Um, they're they, you know they they're starting to put together a, a, an eleven that in theory could win could win a, win a few matches here and um, yeah but yeah I mean like the best team by far has been has been RCB hasn't it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've also got um, from Vic saying, good to have Dan Weston back, needed some eye candy. So there, <laughs> there we go. Um, Rick and Patel goes, should wrestler rules be relegated in exchange for a county team? I mean, Dan, you're involved with Leicestershire. I mean, what, how would they fare in the IPL? Better than Rajasthan. <laughs> if, if we got four overseas players, at least. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then Ab- Abhishek's come in with, uh, what would you give uh, if R- R- uh, Rassi van der Dussen changes the fortunes of Rajasthan Royals? I mean, if, if, if Rassi van der Dussen comes in and does that, we'll all sign this hat. We'll send it to you, Abhishek. That, that, <laughs> that, uh, that can be our promise to you. Um, Darshan's come in saying that um, delayed mega auctions is causing havoc to the plans. That's true. But at the same time, they also the teams also had the opportunity to release certain players. And there was plenty of players who went unsold who would have improved quite a lot of these teams. And I think a lot of people's or a lot of teams auction strategies, mini auction strategies were flawed, as we've talked about. Sunrisers Hyderabad had shut their laptop like an hour before it finished. <laughs> like, like that, that is just the, the, the scale was, of what um, you can talk about. Just even pretend. Just pretend. There, there was one team, and you could see on their laptop, they just had a count of how much money they had left. That was the only thing that they brought them bringing to the, to the table. Online like, banking. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, well, like, <laughs> like, I guess it would be really embarrassing if you kept bidding after you'd run out of budget. Um so you probably want to do you do want to keep up on top of that to to save face, but mum, I need you to transfer me some funds. Is, is, is that okay? <laughs> right, let's talk about Dev at Padakal because this was an incredibly striking innings. Um, from my point of view, the 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 amazing thing about it was the range of shots. Uh, I don't know. Have either of you seen the the? It was, it was about a one minute video of. Um, Baba Azam hitting a four all the way round the ground. Uh, and it's, it's, it's cut from no. it's cut from different matches. So it starts, he guides one down to third man, then it you know cut cover drive straight down the ground. There's about fifty shots. It's amazing. He hits all, all the way around. Um, Devdut Padakal basically did that in an innings. We saw him clip through mid wicket to get off the mark. We hit saw him hit multiple sweeps uh, off Gopal at the at, at the beginning of the innings. Gu- guided one down to third man for four. Cut shot for four. He hit a straight six. He hit a six over mid-wicket. He hit a pull for six. Uh, a little bit later, we saw him break out the cover drive. It was virtually the complete innings. I think, so he was on 80 or 30 balls. Uh, slowed down because he was going to get a century. And I, I think probably 
uh, wanted that milestone, which in in the circumstances I thought was sort of fair enough. Got I think what did he get? It's, com- the last it's completely fair. <laughs> it's completely fair. Oh, I think we we had some people get in touch on Twitter saying how 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 dare he? How <laughs> dare he? It's like well, it's a walk I, in the park, mate. <laughs> I um I wanted to ask. Do you reckon what like what do you reckon he could have ended up with today? I mean, one hundred and fifty or yesterday? Sorry, yeah, one hundred fifty. He looked so good, didn't he, Ross? Yeah, I think there is just that where people always talk about, oh, the dearth of talent that India have available to them. But Padakal isn't some kind of random player that people just say, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Padakal has some serious potential. And it was great to see someone like that batting at the top of the order in the hardest T20 competition in the world, much harder than some of the international cricket that he's played in that, in, in that format. And he, he played really well. And you could only put the bowlers who are put in front of you around the park, right? But for any bowling attack, I think to hit a 50 ball, what was it? I was striking at 194, I think he was striking at. Like to strike at that was was like extraordinary. And like you've got Virat Kohli at the other end, just kind of watching. Virat Kohli was a passenger in that innings and he had the, he had the best view of everybody. Like how jealous do you have to be like, to be just be batting with someone who was just seeing the ball that way. It was, it was a supreme innings. And I think, I think hopefully it sets Padakow up for a, a, a really good future because, I mean, it's going to go, we're going to make some serious waves at that mega auction next year purely based on that innings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think we're quite at the point where India team is in question. And I, and I, I don't think that's really a judgment on Padakow, um, but the amount of talent that India have got available and, and, and the number of guys who you know have proved that they're international quality. Uh, but Dan, I wouldn't imagine it will be too long before we see him playing for India, would you? Well, I don't want to don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I think I will. And I, I actually wrote about Padakal over a, about a year ago in my book. In your book, this yeah. guy, <laughs> this guy has the so, hardback edition here, actually. Yeah, so much ability; it's not even funny. His numbers at his age are just better than anyone's at a similar age, like in terms of side Mushtaqali Trophy, the fifty over tournament, IPL, RPL last year. He had a solid start, didn't explode in terms of strike rate respectable-ish enough but but um didn't didn't go completely crazy with his strike rate yet he had that in his locker because you could see it was the he had the highest six percentage over the two seasons before inside Mushtaqali trophy by a mile so he's obviously got that in his locker you don't just lose that and I think we've we've seen that explosion in in this particular match and people talk about Kishan or Samson or Sky who's gonna who's gonna be the next big superstar of the Indian batting uh, lineup in T20 I actually think this kid's got it all and he's gonna usurp them completely he's it's gonna be him and Pant are gonna be the future of India in T20 cricket well you heard it here first or maybe not here first but you Nearly first. But you heard it here. You, first. you heard it here. <laughs> you did. You heard it here. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because he, he did have a good year last year. Yeah, he scored 500 runs, uh, though his strike rate was well below 130. And I, I wanted to sort of ask you, Dan, whether it's common for young top order batters to significantly improve their strike rate. Is, is that something that you is a trend or or not? I am wondering whether that's like a kind of a team orders thing as well, that he was told to be a little bit more responsible. I don't know. I might be wrong. I'm I'm speaking for someone else here, but that's the possibility as well. Generally, what you see is that when young players step up in standard, 
they continue with their boundary hitting intent. They just get out more often. So the difference in standard is reflected in a lower balls per dismissal count than a reduced boundary percentage or strike rate. Certainly a notable notable reduction. And his last year was a notable reduction based on Saeed Mushtaq Ali. Maybe it was team orders. Maybe it was nerves. Maybe he was kind of just trying to ease himself into the comp. I don't know. But yeah, now we've seen that he's been able to to, to maintain that, and that, yeah, six six sixes in fifty two balls is is obviously highly impressive. Uh, Seventeen boundaries in that fifty two balls as well, it's about thirty, just under thirty three percent boundary percentage as well. Cool. Um, I think that was the sort of big news to come. Obviously, Coley was decent at the other end, but we talk about Coley enough on this podcast. There's one thing I need to raise. And that there was, there was, oh, I reckon I saw 10, 15 tweets on it saying how nice Coley was to give Padakal the strike so he could get his century. That's just what a cricketer does. Like, that's not, that's not what just Virat Coley does. That is what every like right minded batsman would also do, unless you hate the guy at the other end. And then, or even the bowler would like just launch it down leg side, as we saw in the big bash earlier this year. So, I mean, Coley, I thought, played a great innings. Like, he played, if he's got a bit of form, we said he'd been struggling at the top. It was the right place for him to bat, Dan, as you talked about in the um, in the previews. And actually, it, it was good to see him part of the runs. And actually, watching RCB is really exciting at the moment. They do seem to have that plan. Harsha Patel has clearly got that role. And I kind of wanted to ask, what is it with medium paces this year? I mean, Harshal Patel's the, uh, the purple cap holder, I think, at the moment. You've also got Deepak Chaha for CSK, who's picking up the wickets with his medium paces. Dan, what, what, what is it about the year of the average seamer that's, that's taking the IPL by storm? Well, it's, it's it's another one of those things. We spoke earlier about like fielders and how coaches maybe overvalue field fielding ability. They also, in my opinion, often overrate express pace in T20. And a, a lot of the time, particularly so even in competition like Blast in particular, pace off is often ultra effective. We've seen we've seen you know, a few 70 mile an hour bowlers end up going for the whole season with like six and a half economy and stuff like that. Um mm. and, and we're seeing this again here. There's like these pace off guys, you know, the non-express pace guys are getting the decent economy rates, and yet these like 90 mile an hour merchants are getting smashed all over the place. So um yeah, uh, maybe it's a, a again another challenge to that the conventional wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, right. So we've got a couple more cool. questions, Jack, if that's okay. So from yeah. Rickin, um, he asks, what is the perfect fourth overseas for RCB? Um, I mean, are we all going to agree that it should be Finn Allen? Or are we, are we going to say that or we said Daniel Sam's in there? Dan Christian had his opportunity, didn't really do what he was there to do. Um, Kane Richardson and Zampa are also there. But what, what are we thinking, gents? It's a pretty tricky one. I'm going to defer this to Dan. We'll probably have a better but answer. The, RC, the RCB king. Yeah. Uh, Chris Morris? in all seriousness yeah for for me i mean i i i like patadar's upside he obviously didn't play in this game but in the previous game when they played three overseas as well but i'm like you have Finn Allen in your team. You are allowed to pick him. This, this guy is like the most exciting, destructive top order batsman that I think I've ever seen in terms of numbers. So like, just play him. I want to see him. I want to see him play. Uh, Patrick Starr, who has, I think has sent me money before because he, they found me attractive. Sexy. So yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you want to send us more, but great. Um, but isn't RCB's legacy that they stay top of the table for the entire season and then lose in the playoffs? 
Yeah, it is, and I fully expect it to happen. But um, Dan, you should enjoy it while it lasts. Don't break my heart. <laughs> uh, and Vic, Vic comes in. Why isn't Shubman Gill um, firing at Sexy Dan? So I'm guessing that's to you, um, the man with the plan. Um, I think he's a bit too like technically correct to be a T, the really good T20 player. If that makes sense. Like, the classical players don't have like high six percentages or, or anything like that. I just think that. There's no disgrace in that. Maybe he's just a more of a longer format player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of people have mentioned uh, Mohamed Siraj and how well he's performing at the moment. The IPL I'm really kind of giving RCB the, the the kind of platform to do what they want with that bowling light, which I think is great. Um, and I think what also can't be underestimated is how having the likes of Coley, Maxwell, De Villiers around some of those players like pa- um, Padakau, etc. Like that, that team looks formidable. It's looking really good at the moment. And I buy into what you were talking about, Jack, earlier, saying that five games is always quite difficult to judge teams on. And I think this is setting up as a really kind of exciting place to be. And Sunday's match sees CSK, kind of the inform oldies who seem to have found a way to play in this IPL versus RCB. That's, that's surely the biggest match of the tournament so far, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but maybe not in terms of importance, because I think these two teams look like they have it together enough at this stage to probably make the playoffs. Um, it, 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 you know, it's for these two teams, we only played four matches, not even five, but they look they look pretty good, pretty competent, pretty well organised, certainly in comparison with some of the others. Um, but I think I, I I think it could be the most high quality game. Um, mm. I, I, I I I don't know. Um, it's quite a hard one to call as well. The the old master, MS Stoney, v the also now quite old Fox. Virat Kohli, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, they're both old, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think it should be a good game. And I think I think the IPL today is actually not disappointed. I would love to see more games away from the Chennai uh, the the Chipok yeah. in Chennai. Um, I just uh, there is just something about it when I'm watching Ravi Bishnoi come into bowl and like, a crater just comes out the top of the pitch. I'm just like it's it's not it's not going to help the standard of cricket, but. Who, who who cares? Right. We're getting we're getting cricket every day, so uh, let's not be too worried. Yeah, about that it. is one of the things. Like if you play low level amateur cricket, they they don't. As you move up the standards, they don't keep the terrible pitches that you play really low level amateur cricket involved because it's like oh anything can happen. No, the quality gets a bit better so that the people with actual skills can display them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just. <laughs> I don't think you get that at the Chipork. But, you know, like as we said on the last show, that is, it's up to, it's up to different individuals to, to call that. And some people love it for some reason, don't they? Yeah. Well, we're moving into the second phase now of the, of the tournament. So uh, we're going to see some change in venues, etc. So that should give a whole new kind of dynamic to what we're talking about and look forward to ch- talking more about the different pitches and the different venues. Yep. Um, Shall we wrap up the show uh, for this week? We will be back. I think it will be Monday. So we're going to take a weekend off because Ross is away. uh, Max is busy. uh, I'm busy on Sunday, which is the obvious time to do do the next show. So we'll we'll come back on Monday. It'll be a bit of a long one, but it should be pretty good. Remember that you should subscribe. If you've been watching this, I can see there's 425 people watching. All click subscribe now. Boost our numbers. Make us feel good about ourselves. Um, hit join if you really like us uh, or go over to our Patreon which is how you can give to us directly at a better price than YouTube will offer that's what it's all about and finally we're sponsored by Woodstock Cricket 
who make premium cricket bats. Uh, and, and, and as Ross said earlier in the show, they are really, really good. Dan, it's been a pleasure having you on. I think you're coming on again next week at some point, aren't you? So, um, um, you, yeah, yeah, um, that, that would be good. Ross, you're off for a week. Enjoy your holiday. Uh, yep. And I will be back Monday. Bye, everyone. Um, see you later. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.